Hello, I'm Sam and welcome to the Learn and Experience podcast. Today I'm joined by our regular members from Learn and Experience, the people bringing the world's youth together since 2009 through adventure, life skills and language. We've got our language guru, Mike. Hello. And our Mrs. Positive, Julie. Hi there. This week we'll be going around the world in six stories. Julie. So this week on The Big Discussion, we are going to be chatting about homeschooling. We're going to talk about the advantages, the disadvantages, and we'll also be joined by some young people and they're going to share their thoughts on homeschooling. We've got a focus on Canada this week with fact or fiction. Mike, we have the Youth Spotlight. We do. I have a, a story about a young girl from Ecuador who's done amazing things. And Julie, you're learning a new life skill. Yes, this week I will be teaching both of you and all the listeners at home how to tie a figure of eight knot. And finally, we have the language corner with you, Mike. Yep, this week's language corner features false friends, which are words that look the same but have different meanings in different languages. I'll give you a few funny examples of false friends and how they work. This is the Learn and Experience podcast. Okay, guys, what have we learned this week? Okay, so the people of South Africa are currently celebrating the life of the world's oldest man who died last month at the age of 116. So just two weeks before Freddie Blom's death, he was actually chopping wood with a four-pound hammer, proving that the key to long life is keeping active. What a guy. What a guy. Imagine that, 116 things that he's seen. What, what year was he born in, Julie? Oh, oh, oh. you're lucky I wrote that down because my maths isn't my strong suit. Nor my Neither my spelling, which we'll find out later. 1904, he's seen a lot. He's seen a lot. Did he always yeah. chop wood? I'm not entirely sure, Mike. Probably. If he was doing it till 116, I'm sure he's been doing that for his whole life. Uh, what have you learned this week, Mike? Well, my first story comes from London. In Trafalgar Square, which is in the centre of London, that you can now see a giant ice cream cone of 30 foot tall. But it's not a real one. It's a sculpture of an ice cream cone on top of a plinth, which is a giant kind of bit of concrete on which stand, stands statues. And then... On top of this curling scoop of ice cream, there's a cherry that balances on the top and a drone. And a drone? What's a drone doing? Well, that's it. There's, there's quite a sinister side to this. It's not, it's, some critics say that it's a commentary on society. Ah. You see, so but it's the like great a, so, thing about a piece art, of social artwork. I think it's a social artwork. It's, it's yeah. a sort of commentary on, on, social, on society. But, but the great thing just... about art is that it can be what you want it to be. Have you seen it? No, I've seen it on Google Images. Is it impressive? Yeah, it's very impressive. It sits, sits 30 foot tall, which is a good, you know, that's a, that's as big a as a house, eh? A lot of ice cream. But you, but you can, it's not edible. It's not edible. Okay. Sorry, guys. It's not don't, edible. Go, don't go licking the statue, people. <laughs> <laughs> So my story this week is uh, two students in the city of Surat in India have discovered an asteroid that is slowly moving towards Earth. 
Vide Vicaria and Radhika Lakani found asteroid by studying images taken by a University of Hawaii telescope. They hope to name the asteroid once NASA, which is the US Space Agency, confirms the discovery. However, you don't need to worry. The asteroid won't come anywhere near Earth for about a million years. So I think we're okay for a while. home country of Scotland, interestingly, a date has now been set, which is going to be early next year, whereby organ donation will become an opt-out system rather than an opt-in system. So what this is going to do is going to help improve the transplant, transplant sorry, rates. Um, as in Scotland, usually about more than 500 people on average are waiting for um, an organ transplant which I think is a great thing. So that will be in March next year. Do you know anyone who's ever had an organ donation? I know someone that needs one. I do. So this will, this will hopefully um, help, help, help this friend of mine. Why people might want, need, a, need an organ donation might be because they've fallen ill and, uh, and they're, they're, they're often not given much time before they they have to be they have to be operated on definitely and i think most people would would say yes but if you're not carrying the right type of card or not you don't you know your family don't know then then you would like to be able to give this gift then um it's it's a waste so i think it's a great thing maybe uh, listeners you can find out what the um what the law is in your country and if you agree with 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 it being an opt out system maybe you can write to someone and change change a few things if you if you agree my next story comes from costa rica where Where's costa rica mike costa rica is translated from the spanish which means rich coast and it's off the coast of central america so between North America and South America. And Christopher yes. Columbus once discovered, once described it as the, called it Costa Rica because it said it had a, he said he had a beach that he'd never seen such a lovely beach before. So Costa Rica, very lovely place. Uh, its forests though are under threat. And according to the WWF, which is the, World, World Wildlife Fund, not the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, it says that an equivalent of 27 football fields a minute are being lost to agriculture and logging. That's a lot of what we call deforestation. It's like the chopping down of trees. But the good news is that Costa Rica is now a role model for forest management, having replanted lots of its trees so that 80% of the country is now filled with forests. And with forests comes wildlife, and uh, also it eats the carbon dioxide, which is good for the, for, climate, for the climate change. So it's really good, positive news. No real Doctor beacon be for the rest of the uh, world to follow, eh? I think it, I think it is, because it proves what can be done. Um, and and it's a hopeful message, because they've had to be patient. They've sat back and watched it for 20 years, but in 20 years, these forests have grown. So it's, it's a really positive message, I think, that things can be done to combat climate change. I'm going to Australia now, 
and the Guinness World Records have named the world's tallest giraffe. So there is a giraffe um, named Forrest. It's a 12-year-old and lives in, uh, it's called Australia Zoo in Birwa, which is in Australia. And it stands at 18 feet tall uh, and eight inches. Don't forget the eight inches, um, which is about the same height as four small cars. The only trouble I had with this story was surely they don't know if it's the tallest giraffe. I mean, there must be some wild giraffes around the world who would like to have a claim to that title, hey? Well, my sister-in-law bought a giraffe for her newborn daughter who resides in the bedroom and he is pretty big. So he might have a claim to to this record. We'll need to we'll need to do some measuring. 18 feet, you say? 18 feet. And eight inches. Which and is not inches. quite it's not quite enough to to eat the ice cream that's not an ice cream. <laughs> well, it could have a nibble on the cone, eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to put it into point, some con to, to put it in some context, do you know what the biggest animal in the world is? In whale. Whale. What type of whale? A sperm whale. Blue whale? I was going it's to say blue, blue whale. whale. Oh! oh. Yeah, nine, they can grow up to 98 feet. What? Which would be five and a half forests. Forest being the giraffe. If he was lying down, <laughs> old Forest the giraffe would be, uh, there'd be five of them to be as long as uh, a blue whale. And the smallest ever giraffe ever recorded. He's done his research. Was, was five, five foot when it was born and it's ah, still... that's my giraffe up, up the road that's my sister-in-law's yeah. giraffe right there <laughs> <laughs> and that was around the world in six stories okay so next on to the big discussion we are looking at homeschooling this week and julie has talked to our young global teen chatters <laughs> in, uh, in your discussion that you have every week, Julie. Uh, but I want to know what you guys think. So I've asked each of you to look at the advantages and disadvantages of homeschooling. Obviously, it's a, it's a very current topic at the moment. It's been happening in the last six months more than it ever has been, probably, in the last hundred years. Julie, I'd like you to come up with the advantages and Mike for you to look at the disadvantages. Okay, so yeah, I had to think about this. I think some of the advantages could be, one of them certainly would be the, the pace of the learning. So how long a child spends uh, on a subject would be up to, so if I was homeschooling my child, it would be up to me how long we spend on that subject, depending on the, the child's capability, which would be good. Um, they would be free from external problems such as bullies and, and peer pressure and even you know I, I would be able to see if, if my child was getting bored with the topic and I think the last advantage would be flexibility so we could build the schedule of the curriculum to work with whatever lifestyle that we have if we um, wanted to get up every morning and do some exercise like the lovely Joe Wicks we could we could do that we could work in some some fresh air and some walks um, and really just plan it around what best suited the household, which I think would be, would be a big advantage. Well, I think the disadvantages outweigh <clears throat> advantages with homeschooling. I think that lockdown has shown 
everybody that school is the best way to make friends and go and be sociable. And I think that's the most important thing of, in our education is to learn to get on with people. Sometimes you're not going to agree with them, but you have to find a way of getting on with them. The other thing, of course, is that you don't get the expertise from teachers. And I'm a teacher. And I think so if, we, if you don't get such pearls of wisdom that we can give you, you're missing out. Um, but also there's the practical elements of time where not everybody can uh, spend time balancing a job and also educating their children at home. So I think overall, it's probably best to go off to school and enjoy yourself. We're now going to listen to these awesome young people who had a discussion with, uh, with you, Julie. I'm Lucy and I live in uh, Paris in France. And Vanessa, whereabouts are you? Um, I live in Corsica. It's an island between France and Italy. And Katie, where, are, where in the world are you? I'm from England. I feel as though my mum is so much tricks than the teachers. And she would give, give me loads of homework. You are less pressured. Like at school, we have an hour to complete so much work. But now, if you get given like a essay or something, you can got around time to finish it off, really, instead of being pressured into that hour to do it all. Um, I think if it's real, like if it's real teacher teaching you, um, and you really want to push yourself to learn, it could go really well. But if it's not teacher that are that qualified and you don't actually want to do it, it can go really wrong. Well. Um, I think like Lucy's correct, but also um, the bad thing about like homeschooling is that you can't socialize with people a lot. And um, at school, they'll like learn you how to like speak in front of people by doing productions or things like that, and so it helps you like for your future and be more confident. So next up is fact or fiction. This week we look at the country Canada. Uh, I'm gonna give you facts or are they fiction? And you can play along at home, guys. Canada has the longest coastline in the world. I'm going to say fiction. Mike. I'm gonna say fact. It is indeed a fact. Oh. 243,000 kilometers uh, along the shores of over 52,000 islands. Oh, it is estimated oh. that at a pace of about 20 kilometers a day, it would take a person 33 years to finish strolling along Canada's shorelines. I thought so it was one point, one point to Mike. There are over a million lakes in Canada. Mike gets to go first this time. Mm. I've, I, I'd be interested to see what's the definition of a lake. How much water has to be in a lake to be called a lake. But I think over a million sounds a bit too much to me. Too many lakes. So I'm going to go with a fiction. Just to keep it interesting, I'm going to go for a fact. Because I think Canada does have a lot of lakes. It Fact. does have a lot of lakes. Canada has more lakes than the rest of the world combined. 
at the last count, there may be as many as two million. So one point to Julie. How many of them have you swam in, Adventure Sam? Nowhere near enough. I need to get working. <laughs> I okay. don't think that's something that you could put on your bucket list. It might take you a while. <laughs> <laughs> the population of Canada is 37 million. I'm going to say fiction. Surely it's more than that. Mike? I wouldn't have thought it was as much as that. That's interesting because it's a very large country, mm. but there are parts of it which I know are very underpopulated. So I'm going to go with fiction, but for the other reason. I thought there would be less people than that. I Ooh, think it's... So you're both getting the same this time, which is an error because it's, in fact, a fact. <laughs> it is um, 37 million. But you are right, Mike, it is the least densely populated uh, country in the world. But it's a very big country, so they have managed to fit in 37 million. Longest okay. coastline and not a lot of people. It sounds like a very nice place to live. Yeah, yeah. imagine that. Imagine living yeah. there. Or Scotland. Scotland's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> the capital city of Canada is Toronto. Fiction. Mike? Oh, hold on, hold on. No, I'm taking your first <laughs> answer. <laughs> I'm also going to go with fiction. It is fiction, though. Okay. It is, in fact, fiction. Can anyone give me the real answer? Ottawa? Ottawa! Yes, it is, Julie. It is Ottawa. Uh, which is um, actually the second coldest capital in the world after... Does anyone know? Second, second coldest? Yep. Edinburgh? <laughs> no, that's the drichest, which is the rainiest. Um, Copenhagen. Uh, it's Moscow. Of Russia. course. The Hawaiian pizza was first created in Canada. I'm going to go fiction. It feels like an Americanism to me. I'm also going to go fiction. I think it was created in Hawaii. You're both wrong yet again. Sam Panopoulos claimed that he created the first Hawaiian pizza at a satellite restaurant in Ontario in 1962. He, he had a lot of experience preparing Chinese dishes where they had a mix of sweet and savoury. Uh, he added, uh, experimented adding pineapple, ham, bacon and other toppings, but they didn't prove as popular. But yeah, the Hawaiian pizza. How do you both feel about um, pineapple on your pizza? Because some people amazing. hate it. It's I'm not amazing. a fan. I, I would have pineapple on my pizza. I would. And if you haven't yeah. tried it, I would implore you before next time to put yeah. a bit of pineapple on your pizza. Get one of your five a day in there. It's good stuff. The name Canada comes from the expression, can Ada live here? And it's from, uh, so it was to show that all people were welcome in, the, in this new country. This was back in the 18th century. And Ada Smith was a very popular name for European settlers. Um, so it was, can Ada live here? And that's where the, the expression, that, that, that's where the, the term Canada came from. I'm going to go fact, because you have quite a good backstory. <laughs> I, I also thought it was a good backstory. But I'm going to lean with false this time. I'm going to lean with fiction. I think it's fiction. 
it is in fact fiction. So that's completely made up. Uh, but it was in the 18th century, uh, in 1791, but it's from the word Kanata, which is a First Nation word, which means settlement or village. It's in the language of uh, the indigenous St. Lawrence Iroquois. Yeah, so Kanata then turned to Canada. Okay, our last one. It's pretty even at the moment. Should we have a Sorry. drum roll? The critical point. <laughs> The most popular sport in Canada is ice hockey. I'm going to go fact. It's either that or basketball. But I'm going to go fact. Just to make things interesting. <laughs> there are other sports in, Iceland, in Canada. I'm going to go fiction. And I think it might be... Well, it won't be basketball, but it might be... Fiction, because I think it's going to be football. American football or soccer? Uh, soccer. So, Mike, you've not only said it's fiction, but you've actually given me potentially a bonus answer of what it actually is. It's American football. Yeah. It's not. It is ice hockey. You are the winner, Judy, yeah. this week. <laughs> of course it's ice hockey. Of course it's ice hockey. <laughs> um, you overthought it, Mike, but you're a great sport. I think I did. Yeah, so my young person from around the world this week is a lady called Denise Toala, who's 16 years old. And this teenager has set up a school in her neighborhood village of Ecuador. During lockdown, she set up a school for the kids of the village. Because in Ecuador, they don't have internet. They're only 37% that's like one in three houses have internet. So stop to think, to think about that for a minute because we're all so used to having internet. In Ecuador, very few people do. So what Denise did, she set up a, a, a school underneath a tree in, in the village and she teaches the kids uh, maths and, and Spanish. And she has posters that hang down from the trees um, which educate the kids. So it's a really That's positive story. And how, how old is she, did you say? She's 16. 16. But she's still at school herself. And she has got a smartphone. So she uses a smartphone to look at the school websites to see what homework needs to be set for them. Yeah. And then makes posters up from that and has all the kids around. It's great. Wow. Eleni, life skills this week, Julie. What have you been looking at this week? Well, I'm glad we have this as a feature because uh, I'm going to learn a lot. I turned to my best friend, whose name is Jessica, and she is a climber and has been climbing for about six years now. And she showed me how to make a figure of eight knot. So it's um, a type of stopper knot. It's used in both climbing and sailing. And it's a way to kind of stop ropes from running through something. So it's really important. So I learned, she showed me how to do this and I did it myself. And it was uh, easy when you know how, I guess. But I would like to now try and teach you both how to tie a figure of eight knots. So you should be primed ready with your yeah. um, 
with your piece of material or your your string jessica had proper proper climbing rope that was bright pink okay so are you ready to learn how to make a figure of eight knot feel free to play along at home okay this is this is real communication skills judy because if you can do this over audio then that's very impressive but I it will be very impressive. Feel free to send in your pictures um, via social media to us of your completed figure of eight knot or lack of figure of eight knot, depending on how I explain it. Okay, so you're going to take the end of your bit of rope yeah. and you're going to take an arm's length of that rope. Yeah. So you'll have one hand at the end of the rope and one hand at the arm's length. So drop the end of the end of the rope and keep the bit that you had at the edge of your arm. Yeah. So you're now going to make, you're kind of going to pinch it. So there's like a little snowman head at the top. So put it in one hand and there should be like a a sort of circle at the top. Yeah. What you're then going to do is get the other bit of rope and the bit that you had your other hand at the end of and kind of like a scarf, wrap it around the back of the snowman's head and then round the front. Okay. And then you're going to poke, you poke the snowman in the eye. So you're actually going to put the bit of rope through. With the end of the rope, yeah? With the end of the rope, yep. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Through the front and then slowly pull it through. And you should, by the powers of magic and my amazing explanation, have a figure of eight knot. Are you both looking now at a figure of eight knot? You know what? I am. <laughs> That's very awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Yeah, well done. So that is And you know the... you never done that before. This was the first time you did it this week. That is the first time I have I have I've tied a figure of eight knot. Not I think the only other knot knot I know how to do is when I'm tying my shoelaces. So so if you go if you want to go and learn how to climb when you go to the climbing center, the first thing that they'll show you how to do is this figure of eight knot. Um and it, it acts as a stopper. So what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to use it to put your harness so you don't come away from so your um, rope doesn't come out of the harness I think Mm. and the good thing about it is it's really easy for someone just to look at it really quickly and see that it's correct because it's such a a kind of simple shape so if you were uh, the person that's teaching the person how to climb you could look very quickly at this knot and see that it's correct so for all of you that want to get into climbing you try this knot and they'll be impressed that you know how to do this before you start you'll be ahead of everybody else and we're going to put that video up on, on our YouTube video and our social media. So you can, uh, you can if, if you didn't quite get it from the audio description, then you'll definitely get it from, uh, from the video. From a Thanks, seasoned Julie. professional. You're welcome. Well, in today's language corner, we have the subject of false friends. False friends are not what they appear to be, nothing to do with friendship. They are, in language, refers to words that look the same in two languages, but have a different meaning. And often these can cause funny, humorous misunderstandings. So, for example, the Spanish word diversión is spelt the same as the English word diversion, which refers to redirecting or rerouting something. But in Spanish, it means fun. So you can imagine the misunderstandings when Spaniards come to England and they see, maybe they're stuck in traffic or they see that they 
our signs are yellow and they have a little man and it says the word diversion on it. They're pretty disappointed when they go down the route and they, they don't find anything fun. There's they lots keep on of seeing stuff. the same, same sign over and over, fun, fun, because a diversion usually takes a few different signs. Yeah. Keep so they keep the same going. Sign. They keep going. <laughs> they're, still, they're still looking for it. <laughs> and they come away. Other examples of this are the German word gift, which is nothing to do with a present in English, but in fact is poison in German. So if you see a mm. gift, you give a gift to someone, uh, you're unlikely to be, to be giving it someone on amicable terms. In French, you have the word blessé, which has nothing to do with being blessed, as you might think. Um, but it refers to being injured. If you're blessé, you're hurt in French. And then finally, my favorite one, which is a road sign in Denmark, which says fart control. <laughs> now, fart control, it's something that we all do as humans, but it's got nothing to do with what comes out through digestion problems. It's, it's, it refers to your speed or your control in Danish. So if you say din fart or fart control, it means mind your speed. <laughs> so that today is your false friends in language corner. We have our final competition, Spelling Bee, where we challenge Mike uh, as our language expert. The self-proclaimed worst speller in the world, Julie, is going to challenge him with the LNE Spelling Bee. Good luck, we're gonna, Mike. We're going to look at three words that we've, uh, we've actually looked at during the episode so far. And the first one is... Asteroid, small rocky objects that orbit the sun. Julie, can you spell asteroid? Okay, so I'm going to go for A-S-T-E-R-O-I-D. Mike? I'm not going to make any changes to that. <laughs> well done, Julie! <laughs> the second word is centenarian. Centenarian is someone who is 100 years old or older. Julie? Now, century spelt with a C, but I want to start with an S. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with an S, even though I think it's wrong. But I'm going to go S-E-N-T-E-N-A-R-I-A-N. And Mike? Julie, you should have gone with your gut instinct. Yeah, I know I should have. Centenarian starts with a C. C-E-N. T-E-N-A-R-I-A-N. Oh, with one letter off. Which is exactly what Julie said, without the C. So Julie, I'm oh. lucky. Right, go kids at home, my one life lesson to you today is go with your guts. It knows. Right, the third and final one. Can you pull it back here, Julie? I have faith. Come on. <laughs> Deforestation, which Mike looked at the story in Costa Rica, and they're doing good things in Costa Rica. So my gut says it starts with a Z. But I'm getting, no, I'm joking. Um, okay, so deforestation. D-E-F-O-R-S-T-A-T-I-O-N. Mike? I think she's absolutely right. Change anything there. Can you repeat your answer, Julie? Oh, crumbs, I have to get it right again. Um, so D-E-F-O-R-S-T-A-T-I-O-N. Yeah, I think that's what you said. And Mike? 
So I would add an extra E there. Deforestation. Deforestation. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, both of you, two times in a row, did miss the E. That's why I asked you to repeat it. You missed the E in forest, which I think was just a mistake, but you did yes, it a second it was. time That's as well. That's the easy part of the word. Forest part. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take that as a win. I think it was a very good effort. The, you, you, you can feel good about yourself, the fact that Mike did agree with you. Yes, uh, the language expert. Okay, that's the Learn and Experience podcast. I'm Sam. Goodbye, Julie. Goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Sam. Goodbye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show. That was the Learn and Experience podcast, brought to you by the people bringing the world's youth together since 2009 through adventure, life skills, and language. Please visit our website at learnandexperience.com to find out more.